All right. Oh. Oh man. Sustenance. Uh. Fizz. Who's fizzing? I'm fizzing. No. Oh, I mean like actual like static. Yeah, static through the years, bro. Oh. Oh man. Oh. These pre rolls get uglier over the years, huh? Definitely. They you started off as conversation, but now it's just us setting up. Making noises and going, Because we're getting older. <laughs> For sure. Woo. Oh, man. Usually opening a canned beverage or so, or a bottle of beverage, sometimes both, like I'm probably going to be doing in a minute here. Uh. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Man. Shit, man. We got, a, we got a pretty girthy agenda today. Yeah. We got, we got some stuff. We got a lot of stuff, actually. Been a long day. I moved that piano here, so that was kind of nuts. Yeah. And then as I'm like, we're getting it off the the, the, the truck, and then my neighbor's like, hey, man, you know I move pianos for a living? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, didn't know that. He's like, you need a better dolly. He's like, mine has a grip on it, so the piano won't slip out from underneath it. We're like, oh. <laughs> so we get that in. He's like, okay. He's like, you guys have a blanket or something? We're like. What's a blanket? Well, like a blanket for to put underneath the piano when you bring it to the house. I'm like, no. He's like, I got one. So he runs and go gets it. And then um, he's like, uh, I would recommend putting cardboard underneath the legs. He's you know, like, it's so funny. It's like that thing, um, like when you get like engaged, like suddenly all these girls come out of the woodwork talking about, oh, like I always liked you. Yeah. And it's like the piano thing is the same fucking thing. It's Correct. like silence. And then it's like, you know, I do that for like a living, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The dude literally had pi- uh, like piano mover world or whatever on his jacket. Like that's how real it is. But uh so, yeah, he came in real handy, threw him a couple bucks because he didn't have to do that. He could have just watched us, which is probably something more along the lines of what I would have done. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've been like, oh, they're doing that wrong. Oh, well. And moved on with my life. Granted, I am a piece of shit, but still, you know? Yeah. So there's that. Uh, but that was an whole episode. So my, we're closing on my grandparents' house. And uh, well, I'm going to say we, my mother and her siblings, are closing on my grandparents' house in a couple of days. Like Thursday, it's going to be over. It's all said and done with. And so we got to clean it out, right? And my parent, my grandparents had all kinds of crazy knickknacks and stuff like that. Like my grandma was the queen of picking up knickknacks that she never used because that's just like the type of lady she was. She liked doing that stuff. Sure. So there was a bunch of little things that we went, th- we had to go through. I actually found uh, at the collection, the Godfather collection on VHS. Nice. Yeah. So I don't. I left actually. I think I might have left it in the truck, but uh, I'm gonna keep that. I have like a display piece here, you know. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's uh, there's always interesting pieces and collections, and it sounds like a good hand me down almost, but more like uh, I'm just gonna take it. Yeah, more like eh, yeet. Yep, correct. You're right. you are right in that regard. But other than that, Gabe, are you ready to rumble? Get, get this going. Yeah. What is going on, guys? Welcome to the Second City Kids podcast, episode number 146. 146, first of the new year. Yeah, we are back. Uh, like Gabe said, the first of the new year. We took last week off because by the time Sunday rolled around, I'm like, we got like four things on the agenda. And I'm like, yeah. Sometimes we just let them stack up and they have a really good episode the following week. Yeah, so that's what we are doing. Uh, so, yeah, so that's what that's what we're doing right now. So, yeah. Gabe, how was your week, buddy? My week was uh, not that great. But then yesterday, 
we went to this silent disco thing at the subterranean and i had a fucking blast silent disco as in the thing you put headphones on and you're just fucking jamming i didn't think i was gonna have that much fun to be honest with you but i had the fucking time of my life it was much needed after a long week really <laughs> hell yeah so you, you can't hear anybody talk though well once everybody's a little bit liquored up when you pull off the headphones you realize people love to sing <laughs> yeah it's probably subconscious they didn't even know they're doing it probably i mean I, I i was probably doing it at one point or another as well i just think it's uh i don't know man it was my first experience doing something like that and i had an absolute blast with it that's all oh, so yeah. interesting at sub t too yeah i i feel like i've been like living at that venue for the past couple of weeks it is a little strange Okay, silent. So, like, what type of mu- music were they playing? They're just going. Well, they had three stations. They had a like a modern pop and requests radio. They had an electronic radio, and then they had a really good like rap station. Really, that shit. Oh man, they pulled out some fucking shit I haven't heard in years, bro. I'm sure Nicky would have been like, "Hey, man, I, I like that shit. You're gonna change the green, bro. That was good shit, bro." So yeah, I didn't drive, and my buddies got me trashed, and we were dancing <laughs> <laughs> together. Yeah, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, you're right. Everybody's dancing. True, true, true. All right, so that sounds like fun. That sounds like fun, man. It it, it was weird uh, this week because it was like my first our full, my first full week back because without the holidays and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it was like weird. I'm like, man, where's my day off in the middle of the week? Oh man, yeah, I don't the have week one. Feels extra long, huh? Yeah, but it wasn't too bad. All considering, um, you know, you know, it is what it is. Getting uh, trying to get everything caught up and ready to go, starting for the new year. Start the new year on a good foot, you know. But, Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. We got some rumbling going on, ladies and gentlemen. Uh oh. The gremlins have invaded the podcast space. Elisana, can you close the door, please? Thank you. Nice. So, uh, oh, oh. let's just dive right into this agenda today. <laughs> yeah. What do we have on the notes section? Oh, so Mr. Kevin Lyman is going to, damn, is going to be uh, <laughs> doing a show uh, for the Australian Fires. He's going to be putting together a little shindig. I don't know the exact. Um, logistics of that and like how big it's going to be, how little it's going to be. But, you know, obviously Australia is basically burning down to the fucking ground right now. And um, everybody's doing a little bit to try to help. Yeah. Help them. Um, North Lane had a show or is planning a show to, out there and they it sold out within a minute. So, yeah, man, there's a bunch of good Australian bands on there. I think of maybe good stuff. So Australia's getting their own warp tour by. Yeah, probably. By, by what we understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I put it on the agenda. I thought I thought it was pretty good. And, you know, Kevin Lyman going to help out the world because that's just the type of guy he is. Speaking of which. Uh, kind of unrelated, but um, there's been footage co- coming out from the Warped Tour 25 anniversary, right? Yeah. Uh, I think. Did you find me? No, no, no. Uh, I think uh, BVTV has uh, like recordings, like live, live pro shot recordings, and uh, they posted up some some 41 songs, and it sounds fucking fantastic. And they're of course they're playing like Fat Lip and Into Deep and shit like that. Yeah, this the production on the some 41 live shows is ridiculous. Absolutely, they do. They sound great, and. Um, yeah, I just something I wanted to talk about because I was I was like fucking jamming the other day while I was at work. I'm like, good yeah, stuff, man. some forty one. It's all good shit. But yeah, man. Uh, other than that, you ready to get into the uh, into the weeds yeah, of this? Let, let's talk some movies, TVs, and books. So we got Boy Meets World on here. Yeah, we do. And so uh, I think I've talked about this previously because we've me and my wife have plowed through this probably within the last three to four years. Well, probably before my daughter was born, just just before. And let me tell you something. That shit hit different. It's so fantastic. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, the first couple of seasons are really cute because it's a little kid going through little kid shit, and you kind of see his perspective. Little, little too smart for his own good, kind of a scenario. But that's okay, right? It's funny, you know. It can get serious at times, but as it progresses into the later season, they cover some like really deep shit, like some really, really deep shit. And um, 
talking about maybe like not knowing what you're doing and you know kind of getting being lost especially with eric's character i feel like a lot of people just look at him as kind of the comic relief but there's some gold in there about him growing up and kind of being confused and lost and not sure what he's worth and his parents kind of being like well you're worth whatever you want to be but you're lazy and you're choosing to take the easy way out when you should be taking the The hard path yeah the hard path so you can get the most out of it and it's good stuff, man. And uh, I don't know how many seasons we're in, but we just got into the when the theme song transitioned to the like the final is a boy meets that whole thing, right? And uh, I'm I'm really enjoying it. There's some there's some really good stuff in there. So if, it's on Disney Plus. If you haven't got through it yet, if you if you've never done it, I'd highly recommend for it. And I was telling my wife, I'm like, I think it hits a little bit differently now because I am a dad, right? Last time I watched it, I wasn't a dad, so now it hits a little bit differently. You kind of get perspective on things. It's very interesting. And uh, I would recommend it if you haven't yet. Yeah, there's. Um, do you remember the uh, Disney animated short before Finding Dory with the dumplings? Hmm? Do you remember that one? Oh, the the bow one. The bow one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you have Elson when we went to go see that? No, no. Wait. Maybe. No, I don't think so. No. Maybe rewatch that. See if it hits differently now. Really? Yeah. I'm gonna have to check that out because well, that one's like a whole coming of age story, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe I should check that out because they have it on Disney Plus. So. Oh, they have all the shorts on there. Nice. Yeah, yeah they got all the shorts. My favorite. What was your favorite Pixar short? Uh, the chess one with the old guy. That was right mine. before Toy Story Two. Bugs Life. Bugs Life. Okay. Right before Bugs Life, the guy was playing chess with himself, but it wasn't really himself. Was it himself? I don't know. It was interesting because he kind of had like a stroke at the end, right? Yeah, because over. Yeah, because he had kind of like a uh, both players had like a different personality. Same looking guy, but it was kind of this different personality. That was kind of funny. I like that one. I like the volcano one, lava. Oh yeah, that yeah. one was great. That was some good stuff. The umbrella one was really good. They got great shorts, man. Uh, but yeah, so sorry, didn't mean to go on that tangent. But yeah, Boy Meets World, definitely check it out. Definitely interesting. Let's talk about Boy Meeting World. Let's talk Quiet Place too. We got a good, 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 good trailer this week. Correct. Uh, John Krasinski. Whoa, man. What, what are we doing? I don't know, man. That he's He stepped up to, to the plate on this. We talked about the quiet things. How I, I enjoyed it a lot. I think you enjoyed it quite a bit as well, right? I did. And um, so, yeah, this one is the sequel. But it also seems to be like they're showing us some day one activities, like when the things first emerged and how the world kind of changed, which I always enjoy those type of things. Uh, I don't think this franchise necessarily warranted that. I think I kind of like the the... The, the 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 mystery of it all mm-hmm. but i do you know you know whatever works i think it's kind of cool and of course you know the story's continuing now they know how to fight the things that they're fighting and um i'm looking forward to it man looking forward to it, it was a definitely a well well shot trailer and i think emily blunt's gonna drive this one home yeah man lots of good movies coming out this year lots of good music movies and music that we need to cover but um we're thinking about avatar in 2020 what's up so i watched it on new year's okay and um, I, I, just, I don't know what it was, but I because I, I don't think I've seen it fully since I saw it in theaters. OK, like fully all the way through. You and I have talked about the, the lack of cultural impact that this movie has, even though it's one of the highest grossing ever. La la la. But I will say it's fucking beautiful, dude. Like straight up shit on that looks still looks good th- to this day. And obviously we've been like a decade almost. Yeah, we've definitely made some technological advances in the meantime. Right. Obviously. It still looks great, and it's still a good story. Basically, it's Pocahontas in space. You know, let's be real. Sure, but it's a beautiful story. It's really well done. Uh, I love my favorite thing about the whole thing is how bad of an actor Sam Worthington is. But around that time, everybody was trying to make him like a thing. Yeah, like he was in the Terminator. He was in this. He was in a couple of other things. He was in the Black Ops. Uh, you know, voice acting stuff like that. And um, yeah, so it was just kind of funny because he was definitely the weak point. But 
obviously we're still waiting for Avatar 2, right? So I did some research. And basically the reason why it has been delayed. I mean, obviously we've talked about how they didn't want to go one-on-one on Star Wars. We get that, la, la, la. But apparently they're working on technology to motion capture in water. Because hmm. I guess a very large portion of the next story is going to be based around the water. Maybe on an island or underwater, how that water relates to the rest of the planet. I don't know. But that's what they're working on, which is why it's taking so long. Because I'd imagine motion capture underwater would be pretty difficult, you know. And, um, you know, if you want a, <laughs> if you want a, um, you know, an all-time selling movie, you just put Zoe Saldana in funny colors and send her on the screen. Cause yeah, I mean, it's worked <laughs> all the times up to now. Yeah. For, seriously. She's like a top, she's like in the top three highest grossing films of all time. And all of them are her covered in green paint or blue paint or whatever the fuck, you know? So yeah, but, um, that was something that was interesting to me that, um, that Cameron wanted to perfect this technology before they really went uh, with it. Fun fact, it wasn't mocap, but they used puppets underwater to film the Dementors moving around for the Star or for Harry Potter films. Really? Yep. Yep. That's interesting. And that's why they look so damn fluid and and kind shit. of like, I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, really? I, I miss having like the extra time to plow through like the extra side of the DVD. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the commentaries, the interviews and shit like that. And that's I, one of the things they pointed out. I'm the only one in my house who enjoys those things. Like right now, like anytime I may see a making of or I want to watch it, I was like, I don't want to watch that. I don't care. I'm like, you got to care. I mean, like I enjoy knowing how the sausage is made sometimes, you know? Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I'm the only one that cares about it. Even when I was a kid, like my sister was like, oh, why are we watching this again? I'm like, I just, I, I enjoy it. It is what it is. What can, what can I say? I enjoy the... The process of filmmaking, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff. And I mean, just that, like make, making of an album, making of a music video, whatever oh, yeah. the fuck. There's plenty of good stuff in there, you know? Kind of. It, it's um, just because you enjoy the end product doesn't mean you have to enjoy the process, but the people mm-hmm. who do definitely have a better insight on correct. some of the things that are going on. Correct, correct. So, um, yeah, man, I was that was something that I'm interested in. I really enjoyed the film the second time around, man. I, I thought it was really well done. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested in seeing what they're going to do moving forward with it. Good stuff. I might have to revisit it because yeah. I don't think I've actually seen it outside of theaters. Because uh, especially now, maybe because I'm so I'm such a mark for the Pandora land and in, in Animal Kingdom that I'm just like, oh, I fucking love everything about this now. It's so beautiful. Maybe that's it. Because uh, that was like easily my favorite part of the of my last Disney trip was Pandora. I loved it so much, and Red Flight of Passage was beautiful and the whole entire thing. So I don't know. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. So if you haven't, you know, it's on Disney Plus, man. Check it out. I'm sure it'll sound pretty good on your on your home theater. I'm sure it'll be booming and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I would definitely check it out if you have not. So basically this whole thing is just me d- plowing through Disney Plus and slowly going through over things over and over again. But we're not going to get into that. Next up, New Mutants. What? Cool. Yeah? Yeah. I totally forgot that was coming out this year, actually. Well, because it's been delayed. Uh, Twice now? Like four times, probably. Fun fact. So they have decided that because they, what's it called? They pushed it back because they were going to be doing research, right? That was like the whole thing. Turns out that all the things they reshot is not going to be in the movie. They're nice. gonna, they're going to use the original cut of the movie. So, uh, I don't know. Well, what are you looking at? <laughs> so I'm just, I don't know. I, I just think that's a little silly uh, that we had to delay it multiple times. Uh, obviously, it's kind of taking the horror route. Very kind of creepy. And um, I guess it's finally coming out soon enough because we got another trailer that dropped because it's been very radio silence about this particular project, <laughs> you know, over the last several years. Because I feel like it's been years, right? 
Am I wrong? But no, no, you're definitely right because yeah. this was like 2018. Yeah, when we were expecting it. Yeah, and I think it was supposed to be April of that year or something like that. And yeah, it's just been delayed. And, you know, and I, I don't know what else to say. But yeah, so apparently they're using, uh, you know, the early cut of the film. So I think it's kind of kind of funny. Hopefully, but. it pans out for the uh, directors, <clears throat> writers, and actors. Yeah, uh, I mean, because at the very least, it, was, it looked like a fun, interesting project, you know. And um, I think it kind of got lost in the sauce because of the whole acquisition of 20th Century Fox and all that, and nobody knew what to do with it. And kind of, I think um, F- uh, Dark Phoenix kind of fell to the wayside the same kind of way. Like it was kind of in this yeah. middle ground where they're just like, I just release it. It's and, not directly MCU, so nobody has to give a crap about it. Correct. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. I, I mean, I'm, I'm interested in it, and it'll be our first Marvel horror movie. Apparently, like we talked about how Doctor Strange is going to be having his, which that's that's exciting. But um, yeah, I thought this was a little weird. But yeah, have you seen the trailer by chance? The, the trailer? I have not yeah. seen it yet. No, it looks it looks fun. It look it looks good. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. So this is something that I know that you are you that you really quite enjoyed. Tell me about it, Gabe. Tell me about 1917. So 1917 got an a, the first release early or I'm sorry, late last year, and now it got the wide uh, audience release uh, officially on Thursday. I went on opening night with my buddy Greg. And we saw it, and we both really enjoy war films. But mm. there was something special about 1917 that kind of separates it from the pack. Kind of, um, man, I don't want to compare it to anything. So I'm just dive right into my review. This movie is 10 minutes of setup and an hour and 50 of fucking tension. And just holding your attention, your gaze, and everything in between. And um, so this, the premise is really simple. You get it in the trailer. It's two, two guys have to deliver a message to call off an attack because it's a uh, it's a bamboozle, right? Mm. They want the the Germans want the English to attack. It's an ambush. It's an ambush. There we go. I can't bamboozle. think of the damn word. <laughs> yeah. And so these guys have to like cross behind the German lines through a town and deliver that message to this battalion of troops. Mm-hmm. And holy shit. This movie is something else. Even aside from the story, the accuracy, uh, the sound design and just the planescape. This movie is filmed in such a manner where it's literally, it's not, but it feels like one long take that is two hours long. Mm-hmm. This editing and this cutting is so fucking seamless that if you didn't know any better, you might just think they did this all in one go in one afternoon. And it is so fucking flawless. There's this sort of like weird magnetism between the camera and the main characters where you you learn about the environment through the characters, what they're kind of trudging through, the dirty, decaying bodies and the fucking sludge that sinks them in and stuff. And the camera takes a moment to kind of pan around and look back at it. And then it, it's almost like if the characters and the camera are connected by a rubber band and it just like slowly brings it back around to them and what they've been doing. It's such... It's such a feat of editing. It's so marvelous. Even if you don't like the movie or you don't like, you know, a World War One story, I think this is like the epitome of what great fucking editing is. Mm-hmm. But that being said, the story is great. You give a shit about the characters. The cinematography, I don't want to give away what the final sequence is or one of the final sequences is, but it literally was so fucking beautiful. I have not seen anything like that. And... There's a lot of stuff going on in this movie, and at the end of the day, it is a pretty simple premise, but it's kind of, you live vicariously through this character, and you kind of explore this World War One setting, and what was it like to be a British soldier in 1917, and honestly, 
I quite enjoyed it, man. It was yeah. a really good film, and I think if you <clears throat> can get the opportunity, go see it in theaters. It, it's definitely on on my list because um, it's definitely something that when I saw the trailer for it, I'm like, that looks that looks good. That looks really good. And um, yeah, the, the, I've heard the fact that it kind of looks like it's presented in the way that it's all one big take, which is beautiful. And uh, I, it's definitely on my list. I'm trying to see it maybe next weekend. Um, we'll see what the finances look like. I'm, I'm trying to see a couple movies, you know, but um, that's for sure on, on the top of my yeah. list. Uh, just to kind of add the cherry on top, um, the long take I think was very purposeful because it truly makes you feel like you're on the journey with the main characters mm-hmm. and it makes it feel long and arduous and, and it makes you feel like a, like a fucking journey. And I think that was kind of the point here because how many, how many movies have we seen that have like shaky cam or like quick cuts or this and that probably most of them. of them yeah most probably. of them if not all of them correct and then this movie just does such a good job at like dolly placement at stabilization of the camera and like i said these just fucking flawless flawless not even a frame of like difference that's hard that's that's got to be a technological feat that's got to be really extremely difficult to try to pull off yeah so we went in expecting an, uh, like a good war story mm-hmm. but we got that and we got a feat of modern day cinema and like I said, even if you're not about these war movies, even if you're not about the violence or this and that, go in and just watch it and just take notes and appreciate the beauty because there's so much these guys do with lightings and shadows. And that's all I got to say about it, man. It was, it was phenomenal. And it's the first movie I've seen in theaters this year. And I think it's going to be hard to come close to where this is sitting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it was in that weird, that weird spot, like the Revenant spot that we had a couple of years ago where the Revenant was like only why released after the new year. So it was like, where does it fall? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I, it's definitely something that I'm looking forward to. Um, we're going to, we have a good lineup of movies coming out this year, man. We got bond coming. We got a bunch of good, we stuff. got Halloween, the sequel, Halloween, 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 kills, 2020, Halloween kills. Yeah. We're just going to call them by the year they come out at yeah. this point. Honestly. <laughs> well, at least I, I give them credit for at least trying to differentiate Cause I don't want, I don't need another Halloween too. I, I really don't, <laughs> you know, we've had enough of those. So, um, yeah, I give them credit for trying to at least differentiate a little bit, but yeah, we got some good stuff coming out this year and I think, yeah, it definitely looks like something I'm interested in and we'll have to wait and see. Um, so yeah, that was it. Let's keep it moving. So gaming, gaming related news. Only got a couple things. Uh, so I bought a board game quite a while back, right? Uh, it's called horrified. It is based around the universal monster monster movies, right? So it's got Dracula. It's got Frankenstein, all this good stuff, right? The mummy werewolf creature of the black lagoon, all that good stuff, right? Cool. So the, the objective of the game is that you and a team take on these monsters, right? The objective is to defeat the monsters and prevent them from killing villagers. Okay, um, so I finally pulled it out. We had a, a me and my siblings had a game night because my sister just returned from Florida. So I'm like, well, it's been a while since we've all been together. Let's sit down and do a game night. And I'm like, I had this game that I've been wanting to play for like months <laughs> that I would like to play it. So we sat down, played it. Took a little bit um, to you know to kind of get into the swing of things. Matter of fact, for the first half of the game, the monsters were fucking kicking our asses. Like it was hard. Like it was decently hard. And they is gave, it a deck builder? Is it no? It's um, kind of a what's the word I'm looking for? Col- collecting resources ah. to defeat each monster. Each monster has a different objective in order to defeat them. So like you and your team have to plan out like what your next moves are. Uh, you know how to get away from the monsters because you, there's like a fighting fighting mechanic to it, and uh, the monsters can go a little ape shit if you let them. Right? Mm-hmm. There was a particular point in the game where fucking the creature of the black lagoon. And Dracula, which is the novice starting, like they're like, if you're playing your first game, these are the two monsters that you should pick. I can't even imagine adding more monsters because we got our ass kicked by those two. That there was a point where they were literally dead center and like dividing the board in half. 
Jesus. Yeah. And um, it's like, uh, 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 you know what I mean? You have to kind of juke, juke one of them to get to the other side of the board. Each, uh, you know, each player character has a different ability. You know, some of them have a lot of movements and they may not have a special action, but they have a lot of movements. Some characters only move a little bit, but they have special actions, things like that. So, and there's a level of randomness to it because it's not like you get to pick your character. You just draw one at random and that's the character that you play as. So you can't have necessarily the same strategy every time because every character has strong suits and stuff like that. Not, like I said, standing on the outside, it looked complicated. But once you got into it, it was really pretty simple. Pretty simple flow. Yeah, it was a very simple flow of the game. Um, like I said, um, it took us about halfway through to realize, my like, oh, that's this is okay. This is what we're doing. But unfortunately for me and my siblings, this first run, that that was not enough time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you have, I think it's a counter up to like seven or something like that. If seven villagers die or you die seven times, or it's game, it's game over. Yeah. So fortunately, the monsters did kick our ass. We did get Dracula down. However, the creature of the Black Lagoon mopped us up. What are the uh, expert level monsters? Is that a curiosity? They don't. They, they didn't have like if you want to like really max out that these are the two monsters you should pick. But as you get through it, you add more monsters. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's more of a quantity. Yeah, it's a quantity, and um, some of them like there are certain cards in the monster deck where multiple are allowed to move at the same time. So if you're dealing with multiple monsters coming at you at the same time, the way their mechanics work is if. Uh, they they move to the nearest player, like if you're whoever's the closest, they go towards, and the person who is the one who activates them is the one to decide which direction they go if there's equal distance. So um, so you kind of have to plan out and kind of have like a game plan. Like I said, you can't just toss your partners under the bus because you need each other to complete the objective. And um, like I said, we we once we started to figure out, we're like, oh okay, but like I said, a little too late for us. But yeah, man, it, it was a really well developed game, well thought out. Uh, difficult in a good way where it kind of like, okay, now next time I got an idea. You know what I mean? And I would definitely recommend that ne- as soon as we can get another board game night going. Like I said, it looks a little daunting, but once you get into it, it's pretty easy to understand. And I would definitely recommend it for anybody who saw it, maybe on Amazon or a Target, wherever. Definitely pick it up, especially if you're a fan of the monsters. Uh, it's definitely nice. It's very beautiful. I'm going to show you the box uh, before you leave today because it was like really, really beautiful. So I would definitely recommend I'm glad I got to fucking play a board game this year. <laughs> you know, good stuff. And uh, you know, you know, got my stuff, uh, stuff. it is the golden age of board games. Mm-hmm. So go out to your local board game shop and take a look around. Absolutely. I was at a fair game earlier, and there was a, like an older guy directing like a D and D session for like some like teenage kids, and I was like, man, that's how, tight. How wholesome is that? Jesus, I it was <laughs> just warmed up my fucking my dice bag, you know? Oh yeah. So. <laughs> What's next on the agenda? issues in 2020? So I don't know if you heard any about this. There, are, there were some games transitioning into the new year that you could not play. Some Y2K shit, right? So the game just would not launch. I think Star Wars was one of them. Uh, Fallen Order. Yeah, I think that was one of them. Uh, WWE 2K20, which was, is broken from the start, which was which has been broken, uh, did not do well transitioning into the new year. A handful of other games, I find it hilarious that we're in this fucking modern era of gaming where everything is connected online, but when the new year switches over, it fucking everything takes a shit. Yeah, these games pooed on themselves. I thought it was kind of funny, but uh, yeah, what I mean, what I just wanted your opinion on that. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, man, fuck being always online. Fuck that, because especially like a game like Fallen Order, a single player oriented game, it's just this mindset where, well, what if we don't have internet one day? Mm-hmm. Or like, what if I'm like moving? Or like, what if I'm just taking my PlayStation to somebody's house? You know what I mean? My, my um, PlayStation Plus didn't auto renew this year because I switched cards. 
So uh, I tried. I I hopped on. I didn't even notice. I hopped on one of my MLB games. It's like, oh, your PlayStation Plus is not. I'm like, first off, didn't know that. Second of all, why the fuck do I need fucking PlayStation Plus <laughs> to play my my baseball game? What the fuck? Not gonna get into it. But yeah, so. Yeah, I just thought that was kind of funny. Like I said, that we're in this modern age and yeah, these games. Y two K was uh twenty years late. Yeah, I guess so. I guess they, they finally got our console games. I thought it was kind of funny. Good Moving along, stuff. Let's get into music news and reviews because we got a lot of goodies this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about what's in the water in Columbus, Ohio, because our <laughs> friends at the Lost Boys Collective dropped a new single called Paralyzed, and I I wanted to make sure you, you listened to it mm-hmm. before we kind of discussed it. Um. Come at me. What are your thoughts? Just because they bleh doesn't mean they're architects, Gabe. <laughs> no, no. Def- so I definitely, I definitely see your the influence. Com- your comparison, yeah. I just thought I was I'm like, because like the first thing is like bleh. I'm like, that's why fucking Gabe said that it was an architect song. But no, yeah, very. I don't. It's not very similar sounding to their other things, right? No. Was this a little bit of a departure from the other things that they've I done? I think most of their singles that they've released have been a stylistically different. Yeah. Because uh, the yellow wallpaper is kind of when we hopped on. And then they dropped Au Revoir, which was also stylistically different. And then yeah. this is probably the heaviest of the bunch that we've gotten so far. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was a good song. It was definitely good. Um, I like the, because it's so hard to kind of replicate what Sam Carter can do, but there was that vocal delivery, uh, kind of that rasp, that, I don't know, that screeching kind of rasp that he has that's, you know, unlike anybody else. And they did a pretty good job at this. I like the the artwork too for the, it's quite good. Yeah. It was definitely a departure from all those other things. Cause I think their other artworks were kind of simplified and there was this kind of this darker, darker brooding kind of a look to it. Um, but yeah, man, I, I tweeted them out. I tweeted that to them. I'm like, Hey man, just stop with the singles and just give me an album already. I can't take it anymore. And they, t- they retweeted it back. So I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, there is something to be said about that phase where you're developing music for the sake of creativity and art Mm -hmm. because um you know we discuss it all the time on this podcast where sometimes a band drops an album that feels like the record label said hey you gotta drop an album this year you know what i mean correct and i think there's so much to be said about what the lost boys are doing currently and how this is really a labor of love because they could have done the yellow wallpaper again and i'm sure we still would have enjoyed it but just because they're pushing themselves both instrumentally vocally uh, you know in delivery and just the production has been top fucking notch and you know that that's my big thing if you can get quality production in your small band singles you're gonna go far mm-hmm. these guys are simply not getting enough attention yeah i agree um i don't know because there's just definitely there's homegrown kind of view, viewpoint on them as far as like how big they are how many people how many fans and followers they have and stuff like that And i definitely see that they need more they definitely have the talent to justify a lot of people being into them so maybe we just caught it early you know, um, that happens sometimes. Sometimes you're like, man, why is not everybody listen to it? And then, you know, maybe a year later, they blow up. Yeah, a year later, they're all over it. I think there's one really big tour away from getting that opportunity. I think they need a big band to kind of notice them and be like, we're taking you guys on tour. Correct. And, you know, I, I'm not going to say it's going to be like every time I die, but it, we need somebody like, I don't know, fucking knocked loose or like Northern Ghost, which is, you know, maybe a step above what they are currently. And just be like, hey, you guys, you know, our sound mesh as well. You guys want to open up for a couple of shows? I, I like that that matchup. I think that's pretty good. Pretty because good I'm at I'm at this like weird point where we said like the new metalcore trinity was Northern Ghost, Bad Omens, and Thousand Below. Yeah. Nah. And yeah. now I'm I'm still all in for Northern Ghost because I re-listened to that album and it's still fucking banger all the way through. Northern Ghost, Lost Boys Collective, and I'm I'm gonna keep Thousand Below on there because they're doing some quality work too, man. And so that's that's my new trinity for 2020. I'm hoping. 
at least an EP, man. Give me five songs that I could just drool over. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, man. It's just it's interesting that uh, especially with last year, there were some bands that came into the mix. You're just like, wow, I did not expect that high quality of a of an album from like Northlane was the prime example. I the name of that episode that we reviewed it was raising expectations because you and I thought that they were a band that hit their ceiling, that good band B plus, but they'll never be above that. And the album proved that they are very much capable of being above that. So, um, yeah, man, definitely. I, I want to see more from them, which is a good complaint, you know, and uh, I just want to see where they go. If uh, if you guys are listening, next time I come through Ohio, I will happily buy all you guys shots. Hey, man, don't don't just, um, quick warning. Don't use my boy, please. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. But, yeah, definitely, definitely good stuff. And I'm um, looking forward to seeing what they got coming out. And uh, they obviously are somebody who takes pride in the projects that they're working on. They're, they're not going to just rapid fire releases because maybe they're picking up a little steam. They want to make sure that these they're are getting. purposeful, yeah. poignant, yet vicious. Correct. And I think if you can get behind those three adjectives, you should check out the Lost Boys Collective. Absolutely. So definitely checked out the Lost Boy Collective. Good stuff. Moving Speaking on. about vicious, did you listen to this single? I did. Polaris dropped a single called Hypermania. Oh, man. What'd you think? I think it was a band. That is very good. We've talked about the last single. I liked it. Uh, but this one was more of kind of a straightforward mosh pity kind of a song, right? Uh, the last song had a, lot, a ton of melody, ton of melody, which is good. Uh, the guy's a good singer. But uh, this one was kind of like, well, this is, well, you guys like that song. So let's pick up the pace a little bit. You know, we were doing uh, fucking one-on-one games before, but now we're fucking doing full court press crazy bullshit. Now. This is when you go from like. Like 4v4 team tactical into mm-hmm. like a 12-man free-for-all. Yeah, This correct. is exactly the transition that yeah. Polaris pulled on us with this single. Correct. Yeah, definitely. It was uh, a well-crafted song. Uh, there was a guitar, uh, like a riff. I'm like, damn, what the fuck? And like, that was that was wild. You know what I mean? Uh, I listened to it actually um, was yes- yeah, yesterday on the way to the mall. And I'm like, yeah, that, that bumps. That's good stuff. That's two. They're two for two right now as far as like keeping my attention on... You know the new album. Now this was a band that I liked, but you were way more into than I was. I think I'm starting to get on board. Yeah, I'm. Um, uh, you know, we always say that push your creative limits and stuff. And uh, the Mortal Coil, I did quite like it. It was a very good melodic album, but I like this. This kind of weird viciousness. Um, I don't know, man. You ever been jumped by four dudes? No. This this song pretty much the same thing, <laughs> and I dig it. Um, this is one of my most anticipated albums of the year. So this is probably like number two, right behind Every Time I Die, and right above Great American Ghost. Out of the things I just you know off the top of my head, mm-hmm. super excited for this. Um, man, what what else is there to say about this band? Not much. There's, they're they're on the rise. They're definitely starting to catch a lot of attention. Australia and Ohio share the same pipeline of water we discussed this yeah i guess it's, i think it's the water from the lake even though it's like the lake's not really close in proximity that's the water from the lake that finds their way coming through the faucets in australia we got to map that out we got to we got to make a map so people can it, it's because the pipeline goes through the center of the earth and you know oh. they say like the mantle right which mm-hmm. is the hottest part mm-hmm. which is where the devil lives right yeah. no i don't know i'm just talking shit now no 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 i think that makes sense because you have to have like a certain level of heat in order for it to cook you know and get down to the other side. That's a big pipe. I think that's some Mario shit. Mario fucking had a pipe that went to another universe. So fucking, yeah, you know what I mean. So I mean, if he can do it, we, why not? Speaking about Australia, <laughs> <laughs> correct. Um, they have any affliction. Dropped another. Well, they have two singles out now. Yes, two uh, singles. Which one's the the blub? Which one's the most recent one? The, uh, Bleach. Bleach. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, Bleach is the most recent. Correct. But they have two out on the new album. First off, like the artwork. 
Nuts Neil. They're very, I think, like, well, maybe not the last album, but their artwork is very... Thematic. Thematic, yeah. They are all kind of, if you lay them all out, you're like, oh, that makes sense. You know what I mean? And um, so, yeah, this this was, the la- these two songs are, are pretty good. I think it's more drawing from their more previous efforts. Um, there's definitely melody in there, and there's definitely some uh, creativity in there. But, um, yeah, I think it draws from a little bit more from what they've done previously and um, just kind of stretching out their legs in different ways, I guess, you know. And uh, it's good. They're good songs. I enjoyed them because, I, yeah, I was just going through because it was just such a fucking I was bombarded like on Friday. I'm like, what the fuck? Like we got all these bands dropping new shit. And uh, Amity did a good job with these two songs. Yeah, it's nice to see them return to kind of the heavier factor because uh, I wasn't too upset about I Bring the Weather With Me. I know you didn't particularly like it, but there was definitely some like in between like uh, Doomsday Ivy that we weren't too Hmm. excited about. So it's nice to see them kind of bring back like the days of like young bloods and anchors yeah because this is definitely because even like the la- the album prior to that this could be heartbreak or something like that i was yeah not, that's what it was i was not crazy about that either you know and um the last one was the next the one ne- next one after that was even more experimental and kind of further drew them away from the sound that i liked them for and i even messaged you i'm like they were like one bad one more bad release for me pulling their metal card and here they are and they're like you know what we're, we're gonna stick around for a little bit and do stuff that people like which is nothing wrong with that. Good uh, stuff. And I, I like the singles. And I guess we'll see where they fall. Um, we'll see. You know, um, I don't think it's going to be able to uh, reach like what the oceans take me levels of like popularity. That's lightning in a bottle, man. Yeah, because they were so big at the time and kind of blew up like really quickly and all that. But I definitely think it's something that's going to be an honorable mention. Hopefully near the end of the year. It's weird starting to talk about the New Year's music and it's just yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, crazy stuff. But yeah, Amity, check it out if you have not. Moving along. Have you listened to this one yet? I started to, but I did not get far enough to have a comment. Okay. So how familiar are you with Loathe? Not very familiar at all. I'm not either. Um, I checked out some of their older stuff, but there's something special about Two-Way Mirror. It is 110% melodic vibe music. I don't know what it is about the song that like entranced me because they're um, kind of hardcore-ish, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, but there's something about this like laid-back, mellow kind of in-your-face, just ride-the-wave music. And I, it's been on fucking repeat since Friday, dude. I can't kick it okay so whatever they're doing i'm picking up what you're putting down loath that's good stuff man that's a that's a good transition i'd like to see yeah <laughs> right yeah so i guess we'll have to wait and see what they do moving forward because they have a whole album coming out right this i believe year? so yeah they have a whole album coming out yeah i mean uh, like i said i started like it i started to listen to it i know i enjoyed it but i don't really have enough to formulate an opinion quite on it quite yet so maybe we'll talk about that next week but loath another band that we you know don't have a ton of experience with kind of sliding around just checking it out okay so Let's talk about something that's important to me. All right. Let's talk about Code Orange because they've been off the radar for a little bit. I know they've been playing shows. They're playing Coachella. We've talked about that. That's a little weird. But uh, <laughs> but um, they're, to me, for you, it's not loose. For me, it's Code Orange, right? So it's our different flavors of hardcore, let's say, right? I enjoy Code Orange more. That's, sure. That's me. But like I said, it's the inverse. But that's okay. Now, this new song. Have you heard it? Yeah. Um. Who... Who is this for? Are you? Are they trying to form like sedimentary rock? No, they're trying to make coal, right? Because you just compact dinosaur bones <laughs> under like massive amounts of pressure. Uh-huh. They're trying to make coal, man. Yes, they are. It's pretty, I like it. It's interesting, dude, because um, they've kind of... Sh- I don't want to say strayed because that's not quite the word. They've evolved, all right? <laughs> we, we went... F- oh, my God. That is the perfect fucking word. We have went from Pikachu to Raichu like very quickly. 
All right. And because um, they were like a straightforward kind of crazy hardcore band and they brought the heat for sure, for sure. Right. But now they're bringing a the heat in kind of a weird way. They got weird. Code Orange has gotten weird. All right. But I like it. It's like that one girl in the back of the classroom. You're like, you're fucking weird. But every time you talk to her, she makes you laugh. You know, that's them. And okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's them. What, what is Knocked Loose then? Knocked Loose is that girl that everybody likes. And you're like, yeah, you're cool too. You know what? I thought you were a bitch because you were kind of like the popular kids. But you know what? You're not bad. Does that mean that Kublai Khan is that girl that came in in like Cookie Monster sweatpants and Uggs and yeah. ate Cheetos during the mile? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct. Oh, hey, somebody stop me, man. <laughs> no, what? what okay, wait. Before, before we continue on with the Code Orange quick review, I, I try to make... Uh, <laughs> a gay metaphor because I tell we were talking about the podcast last week with my mom. I was talking to her. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm trying to corner the market. I'm trying to get better with gay like food metaphors. And I'm like, this is a gay metaphor. I'm like, you know what? This song was like gravy. You know, like if it's thin, you don't want it. But if it's too thick, it feels like there's a boot in it. You know what I mean? I'm like, and that's the first thing that came to my mind. I'm like, wait a minute, I kind of like that. <laughs> I kind of like that. And I'm like, okay, I'm rolling with it. So I, I had to present it to you on air. I just thought it was kind of Oh, funny. my God. That's, <laughs> woo. Hey, somebody give this dude a medal. Four years of this shit, and he finally came up with a food metaphor. Finally, finally a good one, right? Anyway, uh, so yeah. So they took an industrial route with this, right? Um, and it's funny because as you listen to the song, it feels like you're switching channels on the radio station. <laughs> I'm like, that was, that was a weird transition from one point to another. But they have focused on Reba's clean vocals on this song. Um, and she sounds good. I mean... I think it was very easy to say that Bleeding in the Blur, which was on forever, um, was one of the more like popular songs yeah, for, people, for people outside of the scene. And that was focused on her clean vocals. So I think they were like, you know what? If you like this so much, we're going to try moving forward doing this. Now, not to say that obviously I haven't heard the rest of the album. I'm sure there's fucking bangers on it. Uh, but I like that the intent they intentionally chose. A weird one. A weird one to kind of keep you on your toes. Yeah, to kind of present it to you to be like, well, maybe this is what we're doing. I don't know. Uh, but I like the aesthetic of it all. Uh, I saw that, watched the music video. Um, I like how they have the keyboard. Somebody said, wow, I didn't know Billie Eilish joined fucking Code Orange because the keyboard <laughs> looks like Billie Eilish, I guess. I don't know. But um, yeah, it's it's very unique. Uh, there's nothing else like this right now. And uh, industrial. Carve that niche, baby. Carve that niche. Heavy. Weird. But in a fun way, you know, and uh, I love them and I'm really looking forward to this. It's coming out in March, which is like around the corner. So uh, we'll see. We'll see where Corridor stands on this at near the end of the year. But I'm I'm willing to bet it'll probably be near the top. It'll without a doubt make the honorary top five. Correct. I'd imagine if it's really that good, it's probably going to be like two or three. Yeah. Because there's always that sneaky last minute release mm-hmm. that just destroys and completely rearranges our top fives. Correct. Every year. Correct. Yeah. So I guess we'll have to wait and see on that. Because uh, when Co- when Forever came out, and because I know how you would retcon it and you would say Polaris was your album of the year. If I could retcon it, it would be yeah. Forever by Code Orange. It, and, and you know, that's the detriment. It's because we weren't paying attention to yeah. some of these smaller guys coming up. Correct. Well, it wasn't even... I, I heard the album, but I'm like, oh, yeah, that was this year. <laughs> like That was my, my, my complaint. I've been listening to nothing... Well, like, counterparts, nothing left to love. And some of that shit, man, this shit hit... This shit cut real deep. Yeah? Yeah. It's cutting deep. But yeah, man, so I would definitely keep an eye out on this because I think Code Orange is going to potentially bring the heat this year. And I think... 
That's that's something that we should all expect. Good stuff. Speaking about March, a uh, band called Silverstein is dropping a new album in March. Have you heard these two singles? I have. They're actually quite good. Yeah, man. Uh, they Both of them have features on it. Caleb Shomo is on one, and Aaron Gillespie from Under Elf is on the other. And, uh, we yeah. need to get those two in a room now that I think about it. Correct. Shomo, Gillespie, and then uh, Spencer was on was featured on somebody Silent. else's track. He was on Silent Planets. He did that a couple of years ago. No, no, no. Like recently. Like Spencer was featured on somebody's recent single. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so I'm glad to see that these kind of giants are conglomerating now because Silverstein and Caleb Shomo is like bread and butter, baby. Yeah. They're like, they're like best friends, like legit, you know, the whole silver two thing. I'm sure everybody, you know, recalls from a couple of warp tours ago and stuff like that. But yeah, Aaron Gillespie, we need to see him on more stuff. Let's be real. Um, Aaron's fantastic. He's a fantastic vocalist, and he's like almost—he's automatic. You can tell when it's him right away. And um, yeah, both tracks were very good. I like the again. I'm gonna say it, I like the artwork. It looks really fucking cool. 2020, the year of artwork. Yeah, and um, I like the music video too, man. It was kind of interesting. Silverstein. I mean, their last album was really good, right? Really good. And they've always been in the really good category. Uh, this one, I'm looking forward to. I think um, if it's anywhere near, I think we're in good hands. I mean, if it. They could start leading towards some of the more maybe older stuff that they used to do. Uh, I think we're in a good spot. For I think our sentiment about Silverstein is very much the same we had about Norma Jean last year, where they always put out quality music, mm-hmm. and then suddenly, one day they were like, "Y'all haven't seen shit yet." Correct, and which is it's it's interesting coming from a band that's been around as long as they have. I'm just waiting for that like next evolution from bands like August Burns Red, because they. You know, we, we always speak how they kind of like kick it up a notch, right? But it's always like smaller yeah, steps. In, in incremental albums. steps, yeah. And now seeing this sort of level of like Jump. master of craftsmanship mm-hmm. from Silverstein, now I'm kind of curious to see what some of these other titans in the industry are going to do. Because August Burns Red is coming this year too. Keep that in mind. Well, in, in theory, right? We don't have anything confirmed? No, they're confirmed. Okay. Yeah, they're confirmed. They're supposed to be dropping something this year too. And I think it's on right on time. I think they do one every two years, I think. And um, like you said, incremental steps with them. They're always getting better. They're always getting better. But, you know, it's never the large, massive mantle for, you know, once giant, you know, man for mankind kind of a thing. You know what I mean? So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but I, I love that this, the that band, th- these bands from these era, eras are really kind of stepping up their game. And, um, you know, it's good stuff. Uh, n- another band that dropped some new singles, The Word Alive. They're moving and grooving. Um, not, not, you know, it was good stuff. I was nothing like that really wowed me, but there's definitely, they have, they have a good single or two out right now. Check that out if you haven't, but man, there's, it's already hot and heavy, real hot and heavy at the beginning of the year this year, which is fun because I think you and you and you probably share the sentiment, especially last year. It wasn't to like fall that we really started to pick up steam with some of these crazier releases. And, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's good stuff. So I guess we'll have to wait and see moving forward. And who else has got what coming out? And I'm sure we're going to have some more news to talk about next week. So Good stuff, sir. So we have a retro review of an album that turned 17 on the 1st of January. And that album is called Ocean Avenue by a band, small little indie band you might know called Yellow, Yellow Card. Card. Yep. Um, all right. Where, where do we start with this? Um, how about this? I'll go first. Okay. I think that when Yellow Card hit the scene with this album, nobody really knew what the impact was and where they were going. Um, that early 2000s scene of pop punk is what I like to call snot punk with bands like Blink-182 and uh, kind of like the 90s bands like MXPX and those guys that, you know, Fat Mike and the guys mm-hmm. that always had like this kind of like douchey 
maybe unserious undertones to the kind of pop punk scene at the time. Correct. Um, when Ocean Avenue hit the scene, it hit the ground running and sprinting. And I think what really separated this album from a lot of the stuff at the time was that Ryan Key and the rest of Yellow Card played and tapped into their emotional veins. And I think this album um, kind of... Yellow Card and, and bands like All Time Low... Uh, MCR, these guys paved the way for modern day pop punk bands that, you know, are all about uh, in tune with your emotions and even some of these like sad boy rappers, shit of that nature. But they really did pave the way for this new generation of pop punk mm-hmm. because it was a totally different scene in the early 2000s. You had like the uh, the American Pie kind of scene, Correct. you know what I mean, mm-hmm. where I'm going to get drunk and, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Parties but, and... Yeah, and I think what Yellow Card did with this album was that they showed that you can still be cool and you can still vibe with a lot of these melodies and these fucking riffs, but be honest with yourself and what you're feeling. That that's definitely the the big thing is that uh, from the from looking from the outside, you know the hits, you know Ocean Avenue, you know uh, the only one, so you you know what you're gonna get, right? But what people fail to realize is that there was a lot of heart. In this album, there was a lot of like um, kind of realistic situations that people can understand, you know what I mean, and people they can relate to, right? And I think they were one of the first bands in that scene to kind of tap into that because, like you said, there was a little bit of some Forty One Party and kind of Blink One Eighty Two kind of goofy Dude Ranch type of shit, yeah, weird kind of stuff. But um, they here they I felt like they were actually being true to who they are, right? I think it came up in the kind of the same kind of um, scene of like the simple plans who are also kind of the in the same ballpark as far as kind of re- talking about stuff that people feel, um, you know, newfound glory, things like that. So um, this is like I want to say they were like the start of like the very last scene of like pop punk that I cared about. Sure. Still. I mean, I am. I love Yellow Card. I think they're great. Uh, very formative years type of shit, because like I said, it's it speaks to you. There's not really like I can't as much as I love some 41. I can't, uh, you know. Yeah, I, I think I can't relate turn, to a lot of that because Blink and some do have songs that do cut kind of deep. Yeah. But uh, Yellow Card took that emotional song and turned it into an emotional album. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think uh, that's the big difference here. Yeah, because I've never trashed my own house party because nobody came. You know what I mean? Like that was like that's not something. I mean, I get the whole rebellion aspect of it. I think that's one of the main difference. I think. Some and Blink have that kind of rebel, rebel without a cause kind of situation. While you know, the yellow card's like, well, I'm going to talk about how I feel, how how I relate to the world, how I see the world at this point of view, and um, even with some of the innocence of like a song like Ocean Avenue, where it's talking about kind of the innocence of like a early budding relationship and how it kind of relates to when you grow up and things like that. So um, a lot of depth. From a young band at the time, because how many albums they had at this point? They were twenty. They were my age when this album came out. They're almost twenty-three. Probably what two albums, three albums um, tops. Let, let me actually look into that because I didn't do too much research into really what they've. Uh, I listen. I I think that we both love Yellow Card. If we were to sit down and do a deep dive, I think we'd be very surprised as to where these guys came from and Correct. this and that, things of that nature. So he's pulling it up, ladies and gentlemen. Um. So, yeah, that is album number three. Three. Where we stand was 99, one for the kids was 01, and then Ocean Avenue 2003. Yes, and obviously this was like the light year jump that they were looking for. Because I think while they were releasing good songs up to that point, I think this is definitely the step forward that we were all looking for for them. And they definitely earned it, man. Um, Talking about a band that that probably deserves more credit than what they get. I think I definitely put them in that ballpark. Because when you talk about that early 
2000s pop. It's always Sum 41. It's always Blink-182. It's always Newfound Glory to a lesser extent. You know what I mean? And it's always those styles of bands. When in actuality, like, no effects. But in actuality, it's bands like this that kind of push the genre forward. They got it out of the hurly pants and fucking, you know, um, backwards baseball caps and things like that. You know, I don't I don't know. That's how I feel about it. Though. It's there's definitely something to be said about that, because when you ask people like, hey, you fuck with yellow card, nine out of ten times it's going to be like, yeah, I fucking love Ocean Avenue. Yeah. You know, and like breathing and only one things yeah. like that. But I think that people enjoy yellow card. People don't appreciate yellow card. Correct. And that's one of two shows I regret not going to was their farewell tour. Yeah, definitely, man. That that would have been a, a great one. I'm sure it would have been pretty emotional too because especially from that era of bands, I think a lot of people, uh, I think we lost a lot of bands from that era. You know what I mean? Like as far as like maybe the, some of them going underappreciated, Yellow Card being one of them and some of them being blown up and like the MCRs in the world and stuff like that, you know. They bridged the gap between that kind of frat boy pop punk and the, like the overly emo Pop, pop, Absolutely, like the, like the MCRs and the use. Yellow card was that nice bridge between yeah. where everybody can enjoy it. Correct. Even if you were a suburban soccer mom, you know, Ocean Avenue, and it was all wholesome shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, like, it really was, man. Ryan yeah. Key did a fucking great job with that. Yeah, correct. And uh, just a great album, man. What, what can we say? I mean, I love it because uh, I was definitely listening to. It. I'm like, well, I'm like, I'm sure I'm gonna have an opinion, but how much am I really gonna enjoy this now as I'm an adult? And, and it's still banged all the way through, huh? And it's still it's still good stuff. It's a girthy all, album too. It's like 40, 47 minutes, fifty minutes long, almost. You know, and thirteen songs. Like, and they're all th- there's no filler here. They're thirteen really good songs from a band that had something to prove, and um, they did a great job. And we missed them, and they should probably come back soon. I'm sure that tour would fucking sell out because I'm sure the last album or the last tour did pretty well. I'm sure Ryan Key keeps busy. I know. But maybe, maybe, maybe we should bring them maybe back. Maybe one day. Uh, so we can't talk about Yellow Card without bringing up that Keith Buckley tweet about Warp Tour. You know which one I'm talking about? No, actually, I don't know. Uh, Keith one. Buckley tweeted uh, 2017 Warp Tour. He was like, day one of Warp Tour. Oh, I can't wait to see all my friends and do yoga with the violinist from Yellow Card. <laughs> and it's like day like 40 something of Warp Tour. Or no, I fucked that up. I totally fucked that up. It was day one of Warp Tour. I was like, I can't wait to see all my friends and do yoga. And then it's like day 40. It's like, man, I wonder if the violinist from Yellow Card has cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's funny. That's good stuff. Yeah, man. so um I think we kinda I went into this review not knowing what I was gonna say. And I Same. I, and so coming out of the other end and doing maybe some reflection on pop punk as it is and pop punk as it was, this is one of the albums I'm gonna point to and say you like real friends. You like Knuckle Puck. You like the ma- any of those bands, modern day pop punk that draws from their emotions. You can thank Yellow, Yellow Card. Card. I agree, hundred percent. Because there's definitely a line, a fine line. Like we said, we talked about the MCRs, who are almost like amplified, like to the to the nth degree. And then there's the more subtle. They're a little bit more subtle, a lot more subtle, <laughs> but uh, maybe not as th- theatrical. That's the word I'm looking for. Sure. You know, and um, nothing wrong with that. MCR, obviously, hey man, they have an impact and. Whether you love them or you hate them, at the very least, you got to respect them, right? Kind of like the Beatles. That's me. But um, it is what it is. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad that we took a look at this one. Now, now if I actually want to do the thing that we were talking about, I want to do the deep dive look at the career of a Mice and Men next week. Do you have, do you have the time to, to fit that into your schedule? I will absolutely fit it into my schedule because I think of Mice and Men as a band that I don't know too much about. Really? Yeah. Um, 
I was never big into them. And mm. I think this might be a good excuse to do my deep dive. Take a look. Okay. Um, I also mentioned it to you. I'm not going to mention it live on the podcast because we're going to wait till the anniversaries. But three really big albums turned 20 this year. And so we're going to be doing retro reviews on those. Yeah. There's one in particular that I'm like salivating to talk about. <laughs> which one? You know which one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know which one. Alrighty. So that was that. So real quick, quick little review. Nothing. Uh, I'm not going to fucking break the bank on this one because it was an album by a band called Nightmares. Uh, the album's called After After Death. See, I had to take that look. I listened to it because somebody said, hey, man, After Death coming out with a good album. So I, I checked it out. And uh, the production on this is fucking airtight, bro. Like, it's fucking beautiful. Nice. It's real slick. Almost a little computery. But I'm not going to get too upset about it. It's my first album review of the year. Vocally, very impressive. This guy did a great job. Lyrically, very good. Um, an album that fucking slaps. It's a little relentless in that regard. But uh, if you're a fan of kind of the heavier, brutal kind of stuff, because um, they they almost get death corey in some aspects mm-hmm. in the middle of their songs, which I'm okay with, um, definitely check out this band. Um, I have to take a deeper dive because um, I kind of did an initial re- re- walkthrough, and I'm like, oh, that was cool. And I uh, haven't really taken another look because of all the other shit that's that, going on that in the hap- music sphere that has happened subsequently since that I was a little bit more excited about. Right. I mean, when you say silver scene, instantly my ears peak up, stuff like that. So, you know, uh, I'll take a deeper dive. I feel like I owe these guys a little bit of a better review than that. So uh, we'll carry that over and maybe you could take a look at it, too. Absolutely. Week. I love the uh, conjoined album reviews because you never know what you're going to get. Correct. Correct. So uh, other than that. Is that it? You got anything else to add, Gabe? Mm, I've got nothing else to add, my friend. I think that was a quick and poignant yeah. podcast. We got to the point. Sometimes me and Gabe ramble. That was This was not one of those episodes in which we rambled. You know what I mean? Other than that, that was the Second City Kids podcast, episode number 146. 146. We will see you here next week for episode 147. 147. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll have tons of other interesting stuff for you, including the career look at of mice and men and uh we're definitely looking forward to it hopefully you guys join us next week uh i forgot because i actually when i did the recording for my um for the the outro i forgot to mention the fact that we have a youtube we do by the way (laughs) all the shows post up automatically so um if you're into the youtube sphere check it out um and you know obviously share with your friends you know it's very easily shareable all that good stuff uh and until next week folks deuces Thank you guys for joining us this week on the Second City Kids podcast. You can like us on iTunes, Google, anywhere else podcasts are found. Any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email us at secondcitykids at gmail.com. Until next week, folks, deuces. Deuces.